What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We finish up our preview of USAPL Mega Nationals with the 90 kilo male weight classes all the way to the super heavies. Analysis, hot takes, predictions are given by Steve, Solana, and I for the rest of the weight classes. We'll probably have another episode with uh, USAPL Mega Nationals, maybe a little bit before uh, we get there, but we're sitting at two and a half weeks out from one of the biggest powerlifting meets of the year. Get excited for it. These preview shows help you get excited. I know I get excited doing them. We'll have IPF World Previews next week, the hardest podcast in the game just doesn't stop working preview palooza on two white lights so make sure you are subscribing to apple Podcasts, spotify and also now youtube we're available on youtube so the goal is to get every podcast onto youtube so you can see our beautiful faces while we record get some of our facial expressions people like youtube people like to see us talk i didn't i didn't know this but people do so make sure you subscribe there also if you're skipping this part of the podcast you're not a true fan and you're a jackass because you gotta subscribe people subscribe to two white lights and without further ado here it is two white lights oh baby i like it And as promised, we're here again to do our last preview of USAPL Mega Nationals. We are just three, actually, when this podcast drop will be two weeks out, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks out, get excited for Mega Nationals. We have our 90 kilo lifters to our super heavyweight lifters here today. Solana and Steve are joining me again in breaking this down. How are you two? I am doing fantastic. Good, I'm right fine and dandy. It's getting close to my bedtime, but I'm going to stay awake and, and stay excited for this. Is the fatigue getting to I'm you? I'm old. Is the fatigue getting to you at all? Because we still got more previews with IPF Worlds coming up too. Oh, the fatigue's hitting hard, not because of this necessarily, but the, the totality of like uh, what is the last three weeks leading into Raw Nationals in regards to uh, coaching and all the stuff that I have con people competing. I don't know why I decided to do a YouTube video this week, but I decided to do a YouTube video. So um, that was terrible. And then I got another podcast later this week. Uh, yeah. I, I'm doing too much. Also starting a business. Maybe I'll talk about that soon. Oh my gosh. Yeah, have fun with I'm that. Doing a lot so I've had, call, wow. had calls about that the last couple of days. Nice. The hardest working podcast yeah, in, in powerlifting right here. Just constantly doing you know, a whole lot of other podcasts, a whole lot of other content. You got your YouTube channel. Uh, you got a podcast coming up too. It's, it's a lot going on, but 
Speaking of a lot going on, 90 kilo weight class. We talked about the 75 kilo weight class last episode, and this rivals the 75 kilo weight class as far as variability goes. Now, 90 kilos had a big addition right at the end with Brandon Petrie. Brandon Petrie killed it at 100 kilos at the Virginia Pro, killed it last year too in 93 kilos at the Carolina Primetime. Now we see him 90 kilos. He definitely mixed some things up here. I think I, he doesn't have the highest nominated total, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, he doesn't because they're using like his Carolina Primetime one, not his VA Pro where he weighed like 94 kilos. All right, so that makes sense. So, you know, he doesn't have the highest nominated total, but we have a lot of lifters in this division. Um, another new addition, Jamar Royster, longtime 83-kilo lifter. He probably would have been one of the favorites. And then, of course, the biggest, the biggest new addition, in my opinion, Bryce Lewis, coming down from 105 kilos to 93 that definitely mixed up some things and then you have um cameron smith who took third last year in 93s at 2019 raw nationals connor borkert who was many people had him uh second or first last year as far as projected placings didn't have a the, the best meet but he is definitely within the running this year uh, Andre Easter, another Carolina primetime lifter. Him and Brandon Petrie went head-to-head at that meet. Uh, Dominique uh, Falqua as well. And, yeah, stacked weight class. Uh, where, where do you want to start with this one, Steve? Well, start with Brandon. Because if it wasn't for Brandon, we legitimately had six people who I all have within, like, 10 pounds of each other. I, I don't know. If it wasn't for Brandon, I don't know who would win this weight class. This this would have been an incredible battle. It still is going to be, but I'm going to likely assume we're going to all agree, and most people are going to agree, Brandon is going to be the heavy favorite. Um, he he weighed 94 at VA Pro. Um, he's told me in Angelo he actually feels better weighing lighter, oddly. Like when he's actually gained more weight, he actually feels worse and has more aches and pains. I, I don't know if I, I don't know the exact reasoning behind that, but he feels good. And so th- this he, he probably does have a little bit of a cut, but honestly, he probably can hit second attempts and win this. Um, and he just did almost a 2K total. He tried to attempt a 2K total in the gym. So, I mean, I think he's going to be the heavy favorite, even if he goes seven or nine or eight for nine. Um, I, I see him likely taking this. It's everyone after. That is a huge question mark in the sense of we've got new people in this weight class. How are they going to perform? Um, we've got some people who have been cutting down. There's a lot. Some people we haven't seen compete in a while. I literally have one, two, three, four, five, six people between an 1850 to an 1870 total. And if you wanted to mix and match them any way you wanted for second and third place, I don't think I could argue. I personally am sim- I'm somewhat biasing. I'll bring up the next person. I'm biasing towards Connor Borkert for second place. I do know that this is actually a, a decently natural weight class for him. Um, he was a light 93. Um, he, he actually tried last year at Nationals to gain weight, to have to cut down, and it actually hurt him. He found that it was actually better for him just to weigh less and not have to do a weight cut. And so this is actually a pretty natural weight class for him. I know training's going well. We know he's done, well, like an 870 plus total. I don't even have him predicted at 870 because I'm trying to be conservative here. But if he goes 870 plus, that probably is pretty solidly second place. 
And so he's not posting as much as he used to. He's a little bit more uh, off social media from what I gather. Um, post a little bit more sporadic, but I, it will be interesting. We haven't seen him compete since last nationals. So it, it's a big question mark on kind of where he's at and how he's going to perform in this new weight class. Solana, how about yeah, you? So, yeah, so I'm definitely excited for the weight class. So, of course, Brandon Petrie. So if you saw him posting his SBZ session, he ended up hitting a 7-11 squat. He had bench at 4.63 with a bit of a shorter pause, but it still moved. He wanted to go for 45. He failed it. Thinks they would have had 4.74 if he didn't fail 45. That was what he said in the post. And then he went for the 8.62. He got like 80% there, the full-on grinder, and then he did not quite hit it. So definitely, I'm not worried about him kind of sweeping, even like Steve said. Like, if he hits second attempt, I still think he's got it in the bag. But I do know that his biggest goal is 2K total, and I do wonder if he will be able to execute that at the meet. And then Connor Borker, like, he is my you – no, know, he's my teammate, actually. So I know his training is going really smooth. Um, just like you said, Steve, like, this is definitely a better weight class for him. So I think he'll have a better meet than he has had the last couple. He hasn't competed in a while. I'm stoked about Bryce Lewis. I cannot wait to see. I mean, he's been in the game for a very long time. Looks like he is doing well with his training. Um, I also have him. I have predicted around like an 880, 885 total. So definitely coming in extremely strong. And then Jamar Royce is probably one of my favorite people to watch on Instagram. So um, he is doing, he's not posting like, like I feel like last prep he was posting squat, squat, squat. He's not posting quite as many like crazy squats right now, but I still have him. I predicted him at around like 1860, 1870 for a total. So I'm excited about him too. Sure. Yeah, I, I agree um, with what you guys said. As far as Petrie goes, um, really, if you take him just into 93s, what he was doing at Carolina Primetime, we didn't foresee there being a weight class change within the USAPL. We would probably be putting Petrie if there was a perfect world and the USAPL and IPF solved all their problems and there was a 93 kilo weight class. We'd probably be putting Petrie into the conversation of beating Keiko. Um, just in, within that weight class, I real honestly just knowing uh, Petrie, I did not think he would be up at this weight at at 100 kilos. Killed it. I mean, the, the Virginia Pro was definitely his breakout meet and kind of catapulted into some sort of like superstardom in powerlifting. But he's at a completely capable lifter here at 90. Now it's a, it's three kilos more that you have to cut down to. Um, and the goal is 2k. 2K at 90 would be a massive, massive accomplishment, and that'll definitely he, – he can talk some shit at that point because then if you have the 93s with Keiko, Gavin, Chance, uh, Gustav, and you know the, that stacked weight class in the IPF, that's like, well, I got this total at 90 kilos, boys. So where does that put me as far as the best 93 kilo lifters in the world? And I, I think that's probably going into his mind if he's able to do that, but – with that, with the gym total, even with missed lifts, yeah, he's looking great. Um, 
I agree with what Steve said. If he wasn't there, this is all over the place. We could probably make three different predictions and all be wrong in some capacity. Um, we can just kind of throw darts at a board if we put like five lifters and, you know, whatever it lands on could potentially be the right one. That's how close they were. Um, I am curious, though, to see a little bit more of a weight cut. Nin- again, 93 and 90 is different. What we talked about when the weight class changed, that was the biggest male weight class that was hit, that was hit. If you were, if people were upset on the men's side, it was definitely within the 93 kilo weight class. No one really had that many complaints about the new weight classes. This key, this weight class does change some things, and it's because of that three kilo drop. I 2K at 90 is going to be hard. I'm just going to say that right now. It's going to be a difficult thing. Um, I actually think he should go put the best performance he can, get himself a national championship, Play out the pro series because right there he's up there with Ash, he's up there with Bob. Um, we'll see uh, there, but then the 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 incredibly fun people within this weight class that is going to add to the to the entire competition. Um, I to the two people, the person you guys both in a mansion was Cam, Cam Smith. Cam Smith is the only one here who placed at last year's nationals at ninety three. So he got third. He was a guy who like was a real dark horse to start winning that thing. Uh, he was looking really good in training. He's the kind of a man of mystery himself. Um, don't know really what he's doing in training. Doesn't really post. Post sporadically. Hits cop cop lifts on, you know, palm plates. We don't know exactly what he's doing, uh, but you know the results speak for himself. Last year, he got third in a really stacked weight class. Connor Borkertz didn't have the great, didn't have the meat he expected or wanted at last nationals, but he's an incredibly capable lifter. I think he'll be comfortably within that 90 kilo weight class. Bryce Lewis, I'm just excited to see how this plays out. I want to see the battle. I never thought I would see a battle between Bryce Lewis, Jamar Royster, and Brandon Petrie. Only way I would have thought I would have seen that if Jamar Royster kept on gaining weight and Banner Petrie kept on gaining weight too. I didn't think I'll ever see this uh, battle, but it's happening. Um, and Bryce Lewis, veteran, incredibly accomplished, probably has the most accolades out of all the lifters here. He knows his way around a competition. Um, I think Jamar Royster could be getting... I, I think he might have came in as the early favorite when the rosters were released, but... Right now, um, I, I don't see a whole lot of people who have him like solidly within that 90 kilo, like one to two spot. I, I think more people have him third right now. And I think the big reason is because of his deadlift. The deadlift, I think, is going to hold him back, especially with Bryce Lewis and uh, Brandon Petrie being in the mix. And I, and I really want to see what Andre Easter does last competition with Carolina primetime. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, going back to Cam Smith, I don't want to overlook him. We we hyped him up last year, and then we kind of pulled back a bit because he stopped posting a little bit. But, I mean, I'll be honest. One, he's looking really lean, which means, I mean, like, he looks shredded in, in a good way and a bad way. In a good way that he looks amazing, in a bad way that it does look like he did lose a notable amount of weight since last year. And he's posting some lists. But last year when he was posting lists, they were like shockingly amazing, like 700-pound deadlifts, 500-pound benches, repping out 600 on squat. I saw a 635 deadlift that was like maybe like a 7-ish seven seven RPE. 
And then he squatted 545 by four and really hasn't posted much bench. I think I saw a 485 bench. Again, not bad. It's just not blowing me away in the sense that uh, I, I see him being able to put up that 850 total. I hope I'm wrong. It's just that what I what I see on Instagram, and again, we said this on la- we said this in the last episode, and we can say it again now. Um, we only have Instagram to go off of. So people who get annoyed that like we don't have any other information and we're reading into it wrong, we only have Instagram. That's what I'm saying from Cameron. From Bryce, we, we have a good idea of his capabilities because he just competed. He competed in March to get this qualifying total. He went down to 90. Now, I do expect that it's likely going to be a little bit easier this time around because he's not cutting into the meat. I think now he's been able to, I think, possibly be more at a maintenance level. He still has had a little bit more posts about like training being up and down than usual, though. Um, definitely his squat and his bench took a hit from the weight cut. His deadlift really didn't, though. His deadlift barely. I mean, he was hitting like an 800-pound deadlift, and he's still hitting 780-plus. I fully expect him to be able to go 780-plus. The thing is, is what can we expect from his squat and his bench? Because that's where it's really taking a hit. He, he he's not squatting 700 plus anymore. He's not squatting or not benching close to 500. I mean, at the meet, he squatted 634. He benched 435. I mean, I, I think it would be great if he probably could add five to 10 pounds on each of those. Since then, the big advantage there, though, Bryce hits lifts and he's going to have Matt Gary in his corner. Even if he's not the strongest on the day, like I could see Jamar being one of the ones that has a super high ceiling. Same with Connor. Um, I, I see them having a very high ceiling. But the fact of the matter is, is in these situations, no one in this session, in this class, has more experience than Bryce Lewis when it comes to direct head-to-head competition. And that's where, even if he isn't the strongest, I give him a notch up because of that. Yeah, that's a pretty good breakdown there. Um, I... I... I think the the real battle here is going to be Bryce, Connor, and Jamar. Um, Cam, I, I would agree with you on that one. I think he's possibly hurt from it being 90 kilos now as opposed to 93. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Cam. He is just a unit. He is big, jacked. He you know didn't have a whole lot of fat on his body at 93, so cutting down to 90 might be uh, might be a little bit more difficult for him. Um, yeah, and you said it really well there with Bryce. Uh, I mean, we, we have a whole lot of information on him. Uh, and what is going to take the biggest hit from the weight cut is going to be squat and bench. Uh, that that's typical with everyone. Now let's, uh, I want to move on to Jamar Royster though, because I think he's a person who, I think when this was weight class was announced, he was like, you got to put this guy at the front of it. Right. We've said oh, we, we called it the Jamar weight class. Like we thought this was this was for him, mm-hmm. and I, I really did think he would. I he still is. I mean, I don't think he's the favorite to win because we got Brandon, but he's in the thick of it mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, he. I mean, um, he had. He, I, well, the big the big critique, which I guess he's doing it again. Which all right, have fun. Uh, was him competing at eighty two and a half or eighty three kilos? He was just getting too big for the weight class. His performance showed that. Every single time he would compete at 83, you would have a down performance. And he still made some progress, but just not progressing as much as the 83s. 
And because of that, our, the reason why is because of the big weight cut he had to take. 90 kilos, he still probably has to cut down for 90 kilos, not too much. I'm probably going to spot him like maybe three to four kilos he would have to cut down to. But we see what he could do with the Virginia Pro. Um, his numbers hold up. That was at 93. He's going to have the big the big squad of the session. He, again, he kills you on subtotal, but that deadlift... I think with if it was him and Connor going head to head, I would see something there. But Petrie's pull is just so so strong. Like you gotta be over seven hundred pounds. Jamar has this pull where he's leverage gifted for squat and bench. Pull he's done a fantastic job progressing his pull, but it's still gonna be a struggle for him. His lockout slows down right at the end. It causes him to get a little bit longer of a down command, and I think that is going to be the biggest thing holding him back. I don't know if he has the big enough squat and the big enough bench to really stick with Brandon and Connor within the subtotal, but when you get to that deadlift, like it's it's going to hurt. It, it It's going to hurt, and especially considering um, you need – you need more of a 700-pound pull. Now, he posted a 683 today. This episode airing could be different now. It looked to be a 9. Probably could have went up from there um, a couple kilos, but I have him topping out at like 700 to 705 on meet day. Yeah. I mean, we saw last year. It was before kind of the weight cut in Nationals. He had that block where he hit that 770 squat that seemingly wasn't like that hard. That was like, he's about to be the greatest squatter in the world. He hasn't quite since repeated that. Not that it's been bad by any means. He hit 742 for a double, but he just hasn't quite repeated that same level. I, I'm going to bet, knowing what he tried to do at the VA Pro, knowing where numbers are right now, I, I'm going to bet he's shooting for like 760, 424, and 700. I think that's doable. But you're traveling, you're going to nationals, you're going head to head. There's always we 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 always over predict for nationals. No one hardly ever hits what we predict because nationals is a different beast. Um, even versus like the VA Pro or the Arnold, even though you have to travel and you have to, it, it's different because of the head to head competition and what's on the line there and being in prime time, all the factors of it. I've got seven fifty four thirteen six ninety one. I think it'd be a fantastic meet. It's just that that puts him right with everyone else um and a person too that could easily hop in here is andre easter yes hasn't competed since carolina primetime he doesn't post a whole lot of training but i know he's been eyeing this he has been eyeing the pro card he has been eyeing primetime and he is super motivated for this um i know going back you you know more about this angel because i really didn't get to watch i watched it but i think i was traveling i forget what i was doing um i think i watched the tail end of it did he lock out but get called for technicality on his third deadlift at Carolina primetime? That I do not remember. Uh, that's going to go really back in my memory. I just know that he missed, and Petrie was able to kind of go in and pull what he wanted to uh, to, to hit for the win. Um, but I – so, Andre, I mean, if we're going way back, I do remember just a preview for Carolina primetime talking about, like, I think it was you. Like, I don't know what's going on with his training. And then I actually found his Instagram page. I'm like, 
oh, his training's looking good. And it looked every bit as good as Carolina primetime. It was really good. I don't know how training's going from now. He's a guy who doesn't really post. He's 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 an adult. He's got adult things to do. He's a father. Um, so he's got, you know, a lot of things. But this guy's coming to compete, and he's coming to compete for the podium spot. Andre's a beast. He it it's hard. He's getting it because I think he built a lot of momentum like in 2019 around the Arnold, and then I he had a child, and I, I could be misremembering things, and it kind of like life slows you down. But when you see him just get full throttle towards training and focus on it, he's he's one of the better 90s, uh, 93s, 90 kilo lifters in the world, and um, don't know how 90 kilo affects him, but I. Don't think it'll have that big an effect. Also, he's kind of another one of those unbothered guys. I think in Carolina primetime, he like forgot his singlet or some shit. I, I, I don't know. I don't remember if I'm remembering that correctly. But he was he was chill the entire time. And I think when this competition rolls around, you're gonna see a solid meet from Andre. And yeah, he could find himself into a top three position. I'm really excited to see what he does. I concur. I actually have him in my top. That's who I was going to mention because I do remember seeing him at Carolina primetime. I'm pretty sure it was physicality because I did watch the whole meet. Um, so I have him getting a pretty decent deadlift PR over what he did at Carolina. Um, I have him at about a 730 deadlift and I actually have him totaling around the hold on, around 1840. So I think he'll be Hopefully pretty strong on me today. I wish he posted. Um, literally all we have is like a five, six, two by four sumo deadlift, which is not telling at all, but <laughs> still. Yeah, and then we got Dominique Fuqua. I know very little about him. Competed back in January, hit an 1830 total. Training's going well now. Just deadlifted 688.3 fairly easily. Uh, hit 672 for a PR and squat back in April. He's right in the thick of it too. I don't think he quite has the experience in these situations like Bryce or Connor or Cameron or Jamar do. Um, but that's what I said. Like, I mean, it, it, Cameron, Connor, Bryce, Jamar, Dominique, Andre, you could throw them a hat and pick them out of the hat in a random lottery and place top two and three. And I don't think I could argue with it. All of them are there. I think it just comes down to just kind of situational stuff and trying to think of top end uh, I'll bring back the ceiling. Like I think oh, yeah. Connor has the highest ceiling. Give me the ceiling. And I think Bryce. I think Bryce has the best uh, game day performance and strategy, which is why I've got them second and third. Are we playing the lottery now? Then all right, let's do it. Let's play the lottery. If you got anything else to say, you can keep going. But I I'm mean, just really, straight no, say. I mean, I, mean, I, I think. It's not. I mean, it's definitely not straightforward, but it is. It's like the meeting of so many different techniques. You know what I mean? You got Bryce Lewis. We say it so many times, but one of the more veteran lifters in all of powerlifting. And then you have you know Petrie, who's just been in this like amazing little like uh, whirlwind of success recently, right? Like so many great things have happened to Petrie, and he's just all over the place. Like. 100 kilos. A craft, a craft bubble, if you will. Yes. So much craft. Um, I mean, like, 93 last year, incredible. Goes to 100, Virginia Pro, incredible. Now to 90, he's the front runner to win this weight class. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a really interesting weight class when you take it. Then you have, like, the most aesthetically pleasing lifter, Connor Borkert. 
the best looking squat I think in powerlifting. It's just it's it's beautiful, and his bench press is upping towards five hundred pounds. So yeah, yeah, I let's let's play the lottery here. Let's see what's gonna happen. I'll go first. I have. Hey. Well, what's up? Yes or no? Do you think Petrie totals two K? No, no. I don't think he should try unless he should try. If he has it wrapped up by second pull, then do whatever the fuck you want. Like you have nothing else aside from the Arnold pro series finale that it would be definitely in. And that's another thing we have to look at. Petrie's up there. Ashton, Daniel Clements, Bob, you have a performance. Keep it at 90. You you could possibly be a winner here. I agree. Interesting. Fun fact. I did some quick dots analysis. If I take Petrie at 1973 and I take Dan Clements at 1636, Dan Clements has three points higher on dots. All right. Give some respect to the uh, the lightweights. Um, yeah, and again, I think a person who was kind of disrespected after the Virginia Pro is Daniel Clemens because we talked about Bob, Petrie, Ash, deservedly so, but Clemens, if you go on dots, is the third best lifter there. Um, okay, can, can we can we play the lottery now? All right. So I have Petrie number one. I think what he's doing right now in the gym and what he's done in past meets uh, puts him in this weight class as well. And I don't know what the guy's going to do after this. Um, hopefully we see a really good performance from him. Um, it doesn't seem like the momentum as high as it was going into Virginia Pro. Um, I have trained with him a few times to know this. Um, the momentum's not always there for him, but... I think he's got enough just in the bag here. Two. I think two and three are going to be the big ones. Whew. I am going to go Connor Borkert as my number two. I want to see the redemption. I think he's he's capable of redeeming himself. Excellent lifter. Brad Couliard being in his corner is going to help. I think they fixed the problems that they had last Nationals, and you're going to see Connor Borkert get that podium position. And third, I'm going to go with my man, Jamar Royster. Um, I have him and Bryce kind of like up in the air, and also Andre Easter. Um, I'm still not totally a massive fan of cutting down from 105 to 90 kilos. I think that affects your performance uh, quite a bit. Um, it, Bryce Lewis still has handled it incredibly well. Like it is, it's kind of weird how well he's handled it. Um, but Jamar Royster, I think this is his time. You're going to see him get within the top three here, put his best foot forward, and I trust him a little bit more than Bryce Lewis. I was close though with all of them and Andre Easter. Okay. I'm going. I'm going. Petrie for first. I'm going my teammate Connor Borker for second. And I'm gonna put Andre Easter in the third slot. It's good to get uh, Andre. I already love. played my cards. Brandon first. Our teammate Connor Borker. I do lift. I do lift Solana. <laughs> I'm sorry. Brad I does coach me. <laughs> yeah, I do lift. And Brad does coach me. And then I've got Bryce third. Um, I, I just can't, I, I can't, I can't overlook Bryce's experience in these situations. Um, and the fact that he hits lifts because we know people are going to miss lifts. None, if hardly any of these people are going nine for nine, except 
maybe Bryce Lewis. The only thing I worry with Bryce is if he try and over pull and try and pull in the second, and then that would open up the door for someone else to hop in the third. But I think purely based off of game day strategy and strength, Bryce third. Yep, definitely a clinical lifter. Um, I'm again him at ninety is going to be a lot of fun. All right, on to the hundred kilo weight class. Um, one of the more looked at weight what? class. I think you I think you mispronounced that. What's the joke? You said that wrong. Not a hundred kilo. It's it's called the Bob Matthews weight class. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was, I'm like, where's the joke going? Where are we going here with this joke? Bob, man, I mean, fuck it. Let's start with Bob. Bob has been on a absolute war path. He has been the most hype lifter since the Virginia Pro. The Virginia Pro is kind of like in the middle of the hype, and it's only gotten more insane since then. Um, he's looking like one of the best lifters in the world right now. He's got to put on the platform, and it's crazy to see what happens when he just move up a weight class, right? 93 kilos last year. We're having the conversation. Maybe Bob could squeeze into top three. He has the potential. 100 kilos, he's the favorite by far. And we're talking not only Bob going into this and winning his weight class easily, but him challenging Ashton Rusko of being the best lifter in the USAPL and winning the entire pro series. That's what Bob is doing. And this weight class is similar to the 105s because you got everything. You got big lifts and... Big dudes doing them. It attracts the regular audience. Weight classes attract certain crowds in powerlifting. If you are a person who's just walking around and you see someone like Bob Matthews, Marcus Adudu, uh, Kyle Power, Kai Zhao just doing their thing, you're incredibly impressed. Like You immediately could associate, like, whoa, an 800-pound deadlift? That's insane. I don't know how that's possible. That's what you're going to see with this weight class. I think we have a pretty good, a pretty interesting podium position here because then it gets really interesting. Marcus Sududu, who I thought would be 90, he's at 100 kilos. I think still a good move. I mean, if he doesn't want to make the cut to 90, don't. Um, I think he was hurt many years for trying to cut down to 82 and a half. Or not, man, I'm getting 83 uh, is what he was cutting at, and I think that hurt his performance a lot. Um, we saw what he could do at 93. It was a good performance. I think he got seventh. Um, and you saw progress there. So 100, you know, he's a, a definite contender there. The return of Kyle Power. I'm excited for it. Uh, a teammate of mine under game day. He used to have the biggest deadlift in the 93 kilo weight class until Ashton Roska decided to break it. Um, he's he's looking great, though. I, he's definitely within a uh, podium position. Uh, Lorenzo Wright, excellent lifter. He, I, I think he might be with all the big shiny names. He might be kind of overlooked at times um, because you guys, I mean, like Bob, Marcus, uh, Kai, they're pretty well known. They have those big lifts that got them a lot of like attention from the powerlifting fans. But Lorenzo's up there. Kai Zhao, unbelievable pull, just continuously gets stronger. He's going to be at a point where I think he's going to be within a podium position. I don't think it's now, but we're going to definitely be looking at that uh, pull. And I'm not going to lie, Jonathan Hill, not quite familiar with his um, with uh, his, some of his training, unless I'm missing something here. Okay, well, you need to be, because I'm going to straight up say Is it. Is he and the I most jacked guy ever? Is it him? We talked about most jacked lifter in the USAPL last year, and we debated 
it's no longer a debate because Jonathan Hill is the most jack lifter. Then I know what you're talking about. Maybe in all of powerlifting, tested or untested. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Then oh, which I is, am insecure which is another when title. I would watch his videos, which is another of how title. Freaking jacked and shredded he is. Yeah, well, if we're talking and the about the lifts are starting to back it up. If we're talking about Marcus Sidhu, that was my pick as the most aesthetically pleasing, most jacked powerlifter in the USAPL. Uh, yeah, you showed me Jonathan. I'm like, okay, well, I'm still going Marcus. I'm just going to do it. Marcus is a unit. All right, I'm going Jonathan. Jonathan, so do we want to move on? That's really what matters. We don't need to actually predict the weight class. You yeah. got Marcus winning best. I mean, well, honestly, female perspective is what matters, the tiebreaker. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you don't, don't, you don't need to. That position because then it's, uh, <laughs> How do I not be biased? It's hard for me. I'm going to be just blatantly honest. I love chocolate since now. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, <laughs> Wasn't expecting to go I'm there. Gonna... Okay. Well, I mean, you put it in my court. Oh, we got to get a second to just relook. Um, yeah, take as much time as you All need. Right. I'm going to go, Marcus. I'm just one. disappointed you don't have their post saved already. I would have if I was a female. Honestly, <laughs> as a male, I do. I, I I'm, I'm about to. So we talk. Right. We talk a lot about this on Two White Lights. I'm surprised we haven't gotten at least one person weirded out by it. We do talk a lot about most jacked person in powerlifting. I mean, we all know as men, we have all realized getting jacked just attracts other men, not yeah. women. That is oh, definitely. we have all realized. So therefore, I don't think it creeps anyone out. We just now take it as compliment that other men are now looking at us and, and sometimes not looking at their wife and instead looking at Jonathan Hill's legs. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. So where, where, where do we got these as far as rankings go? Because uh, yeah. this one, this one's all, this one can be all over the place too. I mean, because I don't think we could, I, I, I don't think any of us can take, take, or pick against Bob right now, right? Like you'd be foolish to. No, it's just, it's just too hard to do. All right, so Bob probably wins on openers. Ooh. Uh, um. I, he if he goes, I've got him. I've got him winning by 180 pounds. I have him winning by yeah, <laughs> yeah, a good 100 yeah. and. Like he's a unit. He's he's up there. It's he's the guy now. I think he's one of the men. He's one of the guys you're looking at. He's just the target. But with I think within the podium positions, we're going to see the battles and the pull for the wins. And it's really hard to pick from these uh, from these guys. I it's I I don't really know where to go. I'm going to put my main contenders here with Marcus, Kyle, and Lorenzo. I think it's going to be jostling between them. Um, I think Kai and Jonathan are still kind of outside of it. I've got Marcus solidly in second. Um, he just hit a 711 by two squat PR. He attempted 801 on deadlifts and failed it. It kind of told me maybe he has like 770 to 775 based on how it moved. Bench 424 with a touch more in the tank. Where I've got him, I've got him at like 1935. I'm not quite sure anyone else can touch 1935. I from that, after Marcus, in my opinion, I think it's between Kyle and Jonathan Hill. I actually was leaning toward Jonathan Hill until I saw Kyle's 680 or uh, 683 squat. I think he just posted or 685. 
Um, Kyle just competed to get the QT because he needed one since he hadn't competed since the Arnold in 2020. Um, and apparently he got hurt pretty close to that, like two weeks out. And so he didn't kind of go to full capacity, but he said he squatted 705. And I kind of wanted to see proof that he was back and that like 680 something squat he did looked like he can squat 705. Based on that, and then based on how the other attempts move, I, I, I can see Kyle going like 1900. And so it kind of goes back to, I, I trust Kyle to maybe hit lists more than Marcus. Marcus has a little bit more of a, uh, a sketchy track record with hitting lifts. Like he's a seven for nine type of guy, but obviously with him going up the weight class, I like that. I like that move a lot for him because I think it's going to make it more consistent. I can see him going eight for nine, nine for nine this meet. And Marcus likely has a bigger pull than Kyle. Kyle's known to be a really clutch third attempt puller, but he probably doesn't have the final pull over Marcus. And then Jonathan Hill, if you aren't looking at his Instagram, go look at it because some of the stuff he's been posting is insane. Um, I mean, he squatted 705 like really easy lately. He actually just did a mock meet. He hit 736, 426, but then his deadlift went really bad. But I think I saw in his story that recently he hit a 770 deadlift. I don't know if that's 100% true. I know he hit 738 and it was pretty easy and it looked like he could have done 70, 770. But if he hits anywhere near that, honestly, that would actually rival Marcus with where I've got the numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Yeah, I was. What's going on here? Feels like someone tried to. Oh, okay. Yeah, I. No, I. That's. It's hard to. Oh, man. Yeah, I. I'm looking right now. I would probably agree with you with Marcus being my second. Um, yeah, sometimes a little erratic on meat day, but I think with 100 kilo, like I at least don't have to worry about weight cut anymore. Like he's there. He's he's at the weight class. He's at I think the perfect weight class for him. Um, I think we're we could potentially see him build to a point where he's starting to challenge for a top spot. But I would have him in a second spot. But. With that third spot, I really don't know because Lorenzo Wright. I think people sleep on him, and he is a beast lifter. And I remember, I I just know how much progress he's made um, in his powerlifting career, and it's been pretty pretty great to see. Uh, I just that big pull from Kyle, though. That big pull from Kyle, I think, could get him into a a, a good position. Kai's would Kai be, no Bob would be the best deadlifter. I think. Well, yeah, well, that's another sub debate. Who's gonna have the biggest pull? Is it going to be Bob or Kaizau? Bob. Bob. <laughs> God. Kai's got a great pull, but there's some question marks with it. He's been having some issues with grip, and sometimes lockout, I feel, is a little sketchy at some of those higher weights. Bob has, I mean, honestly, he's just the perfect lifter right now. I don't have any question marks with Bob. Like, I don't have any. Like, his squat's deep, his bench looks solid, and his deadlift, he doesn't have a grip issue, and he locks it out. Like, I have zero questions. I Bob is my idol. Only... <laughs> Yeah, you were a big Bob Stan last year too. But uh, I, the only question, I, yeah, Bob. Only- <laughs> well, fun fact: I think I mentioned on before. Apparently, Bob told me this. He was about to run my free program, and was about to start it, but then reached out to Marcellus, and Marcellus started coaching him. Good decision, but what could have been? What could have been? Yeah, he could have been. I. He could have been. Uh, what Lane Norton is to me. He could have been Bob. Could have been Steve Denovi's uh, shadow coach. Uh, yeah, I yeah. The 
I, I would agree with you on Kai over there, and then Bob is kind of like building this thing. But, yeah, last year I remember you were really high on Bob in the 93-kilo weight class. And the only question I think for Bob, the only thing I question is the spotters and loaders he occasionally has at uh, his gym. They, they're they giving me the biggest worry at times because I've seen a few videos from like, okay, guys, just uh, be careful on the re-rack. We don't want to have one of the best lifters in the world who has all the momentum in the world get a little snapped up before injury. But, I mean, Bob was doing like, um, he was doing like 500-pound squats and flip-flops like four years ago for for YouTube and, you know, Instagram clout and yep. He, he's, Bob can't I, he, be injured. Yeah, he Bob's, can't. Bob's a god. Yeah, he he's can't. Invincible. Yeah, he's, he will not be. He's on another planet. He's on another world. Um, all right, do you want to do? Well, he was smarter than all of us. All of that, all that stunt training was to create incredible injury resiliency. So now he can do anything he wants, and it never affects him. I, I don't. He never got hurt. Never got hurt doing that crazy shit. I remember. Never. I, just a little going back in history. I remember Bob when like people were sending me the videos, and he had a he got a lot of hate for the shit that he did. Like people were not fans of Bob Matthews, and he seemed like he was just a guy having a good time. But people were like, "Oh, I just there's something about him I don't like," and I'm like, "Okay," and you know he and but like. And they were like, hey, go do a powerlifting meet. Why is this guy avoiding powerlifting meets? Well, he did nationals. He tied, I think, um, Duardley for best 93 kilo. Duardley won. Was it on body weight or did Duardley just eke him out? Because he was one of the best juniors in 2019. And then 2021 rolls around. You know, he was he was kind of – he was jumping into the top five range. Now he's respected by all, loved by all. No one has anything bad to say about Bob Matthews anymore. It's a it, the the his his character arc has been fantastic. You couldn't write it up any better. Was that an anime reference? No, that's a regular TV show reference because there's TV shows outside of the realm of anime. <laughs> I have to explain this to people. Yeah, because something was said once in anime doesn't mean that it applies to every literal thing that's ever been said ever. Um, I, I'm just gonna say that was an anime reference, and we're gonna roll with that. All right, awesome. Have fun with it. But speaking of that, Angelo, you should have to go first for the first time ever. So go. Uh, Bob. I I felt maybe you just went. I felt like I just went first last time. (laughs) Yeah, I think I did. But probably. But of course. All right. All right, Solana first. I already (laughs) said my top three. I think. No, no, I'm saying Steve. Didn't you? Yeah, yeah, you went. Yeah, you went. Yeah, I did. All right. Oh, okay. So I'll be going second. Bob. I thought I had control of this. I thought I had control of this, and apparently I don't anymore. Yeah, so Steve had Bob, Marcus, right, and Kyle. Um, I have Bob, Marcus, and I'm going to be boring and go Kyle, too. How about you, Solana? Okay, I will not be, I won't be, I will not be boring besides Bob because we have to say Bob. So Bob, and I must say Lorenzo because Marcus misses a lift and gets third. All right. Or a lift or two. All right. I'm glad to see Lorenzo get some love there. And since Angelo chose Kyle third, I'm going to change mine to Jonathan Hill for fun. Because I was already on the fence between the two. And just for the fun of it, I'm going to go Jonathan Hill. Because just like being on the Bob bandwagon last year, I want to be on the Jonathan Hill bandwagon this year and be able to roll with that in the next year and take credit for that. And you got an obvious man crush on him. So that's... 
that's that that probably plays into it, right? Yes. Just like your romantic interest in me and uh, Jonathan Hill. Um, yeah, a lot of us. Said, Charlie Dixon. Charlie Dixon. Oh yeah, Charlie Dixon was your was your number one. Was your number one man crush? But our friend, our friend at Hybrids, taken him. Candace. He's no longer on the market. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's cool. That's sad. yeah. They're together. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. I guess. Really well. I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The disappointment in your face and tone has been uh, has been noted here. Um, but all right, we talked a lot about man crushes. I know one way you guys can all get a man crush is if you wear some Leflar Bros attire at every single part of your day. Because I guarantee you, you're going to look a whole lot better if you put on some Leflar Bros in the gym, outside of the gym, on the platform, off the platform. People are going to admire you. They're going to think your attire is just downright sexy. The joggers, the cutoff tees, the dad hats. The socks. I got a lot of compliments on my socks. The the beautiful pink and blue socks. Leflar Bros has the best designs in powerlifting. You guys already know. Go to leflarbros.com. Follow them on Instagram. Support all that they are doing in powerlifting because they support powerlifting. They have sponsored a lot of athletes, a lot of athletes who didn't have a lot of sponsorships, and now they do, and they're all very good lifters. A lot of them will be competing at uh, Raw Nationals. Actually, most of them will be competing at Mega Nationals. So use promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money on all Left Law Bros merchandise. Also, if you're a fan of Two White Lights, you can get some merchandise still on uh, leftlawbros.com as well. So follow them on Instagram. Make sure you are using that promo code 2WL15 and going to their website and get the best power powerlifting merchandise in the sport. I'm wearing a shirt. I'm actually going to turn my hat forward for the remainder of the show so you guys can see it. And also, we're going to talk about the 110 kilo weight class. I mean, if 100 kilo... Yes, I was about to say, if 100 kilo was Bob, I guess this weight class is the Ashton weight class. Um, What do you guys think? Is there any challenge here? Last year, he had a fight. He still had to fight for 105. He won it. Um, you know, I think on his second pull, he was able to pull it out. But is there any Is there any chance I would say the person who would challenge him is David Wilson, who has beat him before in comp. But that was a long time ago in 93s. Uh, is there anyone who challenges? Not, not close enough. I have him winning no. like 150 pounds, 200 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> I got him by 160. I mean, I'm not going to say he wins on openers because Ashton opens really, really light. So he won't win on openers. He's got to hit his second attempts. But the biggest interest here is, from what we know, Ashton is supposedly going to actually unleash his three strongest lifts. (laughs) He always does this game where he does variations, where he does conventional or he does close grip, and he doesn't actually do his three strongest lifts, which is... Uh, his normal squat, a wider grip bench press, and then his sumo deadlift. And apparently he's doing it supposedly either this and or the VA pro he's going to unleash it. And I know the goal is somewhere between a 2150 to a 2200 total. I got him at 2180, which I think is very much in the, in the, in the realm. I mean, a big tell of kind of how he's feeling is the fact that he went and hit, hit an 804 squat and just to kind of prove to himself how nonchalant that is, he decided not to get spotters for his 804 squat. Um, yeah, I, that's a lot of weight. Yeah, the condescendingness um, yeah, of Ash's lifts bother me. I think everything he does is condescending. 
the variations, him doing things without spotters, him just randomly just not doing stuff in knee sleeves and belts. I don't know. I think he could be a heel in powerlifting just because of how good he is. I don't think so because me and him are already planning to play Magic the Gathering at Nationals and people who play Magic the <laughs> Gathering are heels. <laughs> Inside joke, only Angelo's laughing yeah, here. <laughs> that was one of the best. He actually was- did. Yeah, he does. He actually did message me to bring Magic the Gathering cars to Nationals. That is the actual thing. That'll be fantastic. You guys play Magic the Gathering while we're all actually playing cards and uh, gambling on things. You guys can just be in your hotel rooms playing Magic the Gathering. Yeah, that was one of the greatest jokes of all time or best, like, roasts just uh, at that table. You can't, I mean, it's one of those had-to-be-there stories, but, yeah, Astronuska. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you play Magic the Gathering... And as an opposing figure as Ashen Ruska, you can't be a heel. You just have to be beloved by everyone. Yeah. Well, tell us. I, I think the story's still funny, even without, I mean, being there was funnier. But quick story. We're all at, at Post Arnold. There's like 20 people at this table at Cheesecake Factory. Ashton's talking about a whole bunch of things. And he started talking about Magic the Gathering. And out of the blue, like in the talk, he's like, he pointed, like, Steve, you played it, right? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, because he bought and it up. And it the- was very obviously pointed to the skinny white guy who kind of looks nerdy. <laughs> it was very, very obvious. Yeah, yeah. Well, the fun, because I think he was asking everyone at the table, like, hey, you know, Magic the Gathering? We're all sitting there, like, no, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, Steve, I know your ass played Magic the Gathering before. And the entire table <laughs> turned to him, and, it's, and then Steve's like, Okay, yeah, I played it, but yeah, clearly it was skinny, white, nerdy looking guy. My first rant, I literally, I said it, I said it first, is I said, what is that supposed to mean? Because yeah, I did play it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so Ashton Ruska is the strongest Magic the Gathering player in the world, and I guess like 100 kilo weight classes, if we're looking at this, you're looking at two and three, the big podium positions. Um, David Wilson right now, I mean... You have the Ashton Ruska show, but David Wilson is creating a lot of momentum. Um, I, I Since the Virginia Pro, actually the Virginia Pro was an excellent meet from, like really like what I've seen from him at, at that meet. Since, I'm very excited to see what he does uh, post-Virginia Pro. Is there, all right, better question. Is he a lock for second? Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, I would say yes. He's as much a lock for second as Ashton is a lock for first, in my opinion. Okay. I have him above everyone else by over 100 pounds. Yep. I got him by 140-something. I mean, he hits lists. Training is trending really well. He just posted a 794 deadlift today. I mean, I expect nothing. I mean, he's hit some massive lifts. If it wasn't for Ashton, we'd be talking about Dave Wilson doing incredible things at 110. I mean, he hit a 705 squat for a triple he deadlifted 860 in straps when which in reality straps really don't give him a ton like he actually usually can hit it he just uses straps for kind of hand health i believe and the bigger thing with him is his bench is trending up he just hit a 452 bench which is big because his last meet the va pro hit 419 yeah i mean it, yeah like i said i mean we'd be talking about david wilson doing one of the biggest totals in powerlifting at 110 if it wasn't for ashton being in this class all right well i'm I mean, that- watching his squat so wide it's like full-blown equipped lifter looking squat if you i mean much much more aesthetically pleasing than a multi-ply squat that's for damn sure Uh, i got a lot of those recently um 
I, and you go to Iron Volt, think the whitest squatter in powerlifting. I believe the uh, the title is uh, David Wilson's up there. Yeah, he's he he's a very interesting lifter to watch on all three lifts. Um, the oh, and really uh, one of the one of the better people to go to as far as information goes. Uh, I think him and Steve Denovi kind of take that as far as free information that they're giving out. They do some of the best in uh, powerlifting. All right, so that begs the question. So we both kind of calling David Wilson a lock at second. So I guess our predictions are going to get in third, and I think that's when things get interesting because then for third, it's, I think, um, it's up there. I I can't really find who a clear third would be out of all these gentlemen. Yeah. I've got I've got four people who I think are battling for third. We got Tevin Jones, Camden Wilson, Diedrich Rucker, and Preston Savoy. And interesting storylines behind all of them. Tevin w- Jones and Camden Wilson, interesting storyline there. They competed directly head-to-head at a meet back in February, which is interesting. They both totaled 1857. I think, I think Camden won on body weight. I might be wrong there. Either way, their lists were pretty maximal. Like uh, they obviously could progress since then, but they were maximal. Like I, I don't expect a whole ton over that. Diedrich Rucker. Um, did not have a great meet at the Arnold. He was hitting a lot bigger lifts in training. And it, I don't know all of the factors that went in the Arnold. The lifts were pretty easy because he really just didn't, wasn't able to kind of showcase his strength. And then Preston Savoy, who I think we unofficially stated was the most jack lifter at collegiate nationals, has officially switched solely to raw powerlifting. He did a qualifying meet in May. Um, and he, he, on squat and bench, that was decent maxes. They were third attempts. On deadlift, it sounded like he didn't have a great day and he likely had more in the tank. Um, as well as the fact that if he's solely training raw now and he's a young dude, I kind of wonder what his potential is. So I, I look at we, – we have some others there that are kind of on the outskirts, but I really look at Tevin, Camden, Diedrich, and Preston as really those four who I think are the favorites looking at that third-place spot. I think cool, like, what's cool, too, is, like, Tevin's doing his first meet for the first time in, like, nine years. Like, that was his first meet for the first time in, like, nine years. So, just to see him come back and, like, hit some good numbers, like, I wonder, I don't know if he took a break break, but, like, it could kind of be, like, new begins again if he did take a break. It's been so long. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think it was it was Texas high school powerlifting, so he obviously just didn't compete in... We'll call it regular powerlifting because Texas high school powerlifting is his own little world and culture. He has a he has a football background, yeah. right? If and I'm then, not mistaken, he has a was that the reason why it was just a football career? I I, I don't know how you guys. Know I don't think it. so. That's not there's a there's a Tevin Jones there's a Tevin Jones in the NFL. Like that's not the same Tevin Jones. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about the one in the NFL. Uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously, unless yeah. I, I thought I thought I mean I thought potentially with like college or something. If his first meet is TS, Texas High School Powerlifting Association, maybe collegiate football was was kind of keeping him from that. But I could, could be, be totally wrong I, on that. So not sure on that. I don't know much about him. Like Solana said, just his first meet in a very long time. Camden, a young guy, one of the flex team coaches. Um, was I, I, he doesn't really post his list on Instagram, so I had to dig through his YouTube because we had false intel. Someone in a group chat was trying to tell us that Camden squatted 765. Um, that was incorrect. Um, I will no longer take anything that person says as truth. 
from here on forward. Yeah, it took you um, about three takes well. too much because I don't believe after Kalita Nationals anything of what these people would tell me about any lifter ever and anything else. I just assume everything's bullshit that come out, comes out of their mouth in that group chat. Yeah. What I saw on his YouTube training looks like it's going decently well, but I didn't see anything specific that was like, he's going to PR way over those numbers. And, and so that's why it's hard between these four, because then Diedrich isn't posting at all. And then Preston just competed. And we pretty much saw his hand outside of knowing what possibly his deadlift is. So all of these, it's, it's really just kind of like a lot of the things we talk about, just kind of roll the dice. Like who do we think is possibly going to be in this position and is the best suited and I'll, I'll go first. I'll, I'll give my opinion. I like Preston. Uh, I think Preston, even though he's young, is a fairly experienced lifter because of his equipped background, um, uh, collegiate national champion. I really, really, really like his potential going into Raw. I mean, if you see him, the dude is just a unit, and I really think he's going to be a name we're going to be talking about um, battling for, for second, possibly, within the next couple of years uh, and totaling 2K um, just with kind of what I see his potential as. So I, I like Preston for third right now. Ashton, solidly first. David, solidly second. And if I'm going to go between Tevin Camden, Diedrich, and Preston, just because of possibly recency bias, but at least seeing the training and seeing kind of the positivity and how it's going, I like Preston for third. All right, how about you, Solana? Cool. All right, so for my third place, oh, well, Ashton and then David, sorry. And then for my third place, um, I am, I think I'm going to go with Tevin. It's tough for me to choose because, like, Diedrich, like, me and you both watched that, me and Angela, we were commentating it, and, like, this, he got all the squats. I can't remember, if, like, he, you know what happened? Like, he got the squats, he, but something was going on, and he didn't get it for real the third time. Um, so I talked to Joe afterwards. He said his first squat, Diedrich said, like, a flashbang went off in his head or something. Like, that was the feeling of the squat. Like, I... I don't. I think Joe gave me a little bit more description on what exactly happened. Um, it just, I think it just got to him, like because he opened up with three hundred kilos, and he missed the first two. Like, I think he missed the first one bad, missed the second one on depth, and really was able to hit the third one relatively easily. Then had himself a a, a solid meet after that, but said just that first squat. Like, that's that's how he described it. Like a flashbang went off. So I don't know. I Joe could probably tell me exactly what happened with that, but um, that's not a good feeling. That's for damn sure. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, that's why I'm I'm hesitant to put him up here because I don't know how he'll perform on meet day. And then so for me, it was between Tevin and like Preston, and I'm choosing Tevin because we just saw Preston compete. Um, and he could definitely if he gets the last deadlift that he missed, he could definitely get third. But since he missed it recently, I'm going to say he misses it again, and Tevin gets third. All right. Well, for myself here, I think if you guys are all going to go with – so we have Steve with Preston, uh, Solana with Tevin. I will have Ashen, David, and I'm going to go with Camden uh, Wilson. Um, also, something about those – uh, Texas lifters. I think he, I think he, I don't know. Is he from California? I train with him in Texas. That's all I know. I actually don't know where he's from. 
That's bad journalism on my end. But, um, yeah, uh, Camden, I think you get third polish lifter coach as well. I think you'll get some maturity on the platform from him as well. Uh, excited to see that third place battle, though, because, they, yeah, I you could really pick from four lifters there and uh, and then get a different result. Um, all right, so that'll do it for 110 kilos. We are about an hour into this episode, and I need to pick me up. I wish I had some obsidian smelling salts right beside me because I would take a hit of that right now and get through the next hour of this episode because it wakes your ass up. If you are doing a podcast or, most importantly, hitting a big lift, get some obsidian ammonia on HypeDust.com. Use promo code 2WL15 to get all their different smelling salts. They hit differently. I'm not joking. I'm not being facetious when I say that. Obsidian smelling salts hit differently depending on what you get. Ease into it. Open that lid just a bit. Put your nose close, close, and closer, and it'll wake you up for a deadlift, a squat, a bench, whatever you need. Hell, potentially a podcast that you're recording. Use that promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money on HypeDust.com. All right, 125 kilo weight class. We had a late development here, um, at least from what I saw, at the uh, Iron uh, Triathlon with Kevin Wynn. Kevin Wynn killed it at that meet. That was a really impressive meet um, on Kevin's part, and I think going into it, Jared Martin, Blake Atwell were the guys we were looking at there. Uh, Kevin Wynn possibly put himself into a, a top contender spot. Yeah, I mean this this class is really a three horse race. Um, the, the, I I I would be pretty barring something happens. I don't really I see Jared Martin, Blake Atwell, and Kevin Wynn being the top three. They're they, they're pretty well established um, over Nathan Alexander. There's a couple other people in there um, that I'm interested. I'm very excited to watch, and we'll talk about those in a bit. But uh, Jared, Blake, and Kevin are definitely the front runners. Uh, and Jared's got to be the favorite to win. Um, I, he, I mean, we've known about Jared for a while, but he really, if there's, if there's a way to have a second breakout meet, because he's kind of been semi-hidden behind Dennis Cornelius for, for years. He's always been the, this second fiddle to Dennis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared had a huge Arnold. Ended up pulling for the win over Eric LaPointe to win the Arnold Pro. Yeah. Um, and a huge meet for him. 2061 total. Um, I mean, him and Jared, Jared and Blake have been pretty back or neck and neck for a while. And that really separated Jared. I mean, Jared's now coming in almost dominated 80 pounds heavier. Um, and so when I was going into this, I was thinking Jared, easy favorite, Blake, easy second. And then Kevin, Kevin came out of nowhere and Kevin's meet was easy. Um, those lists were not that hard, especially squat and deadlifts. He definitely had more hit a 2000 pound total with more in the tank. Um, I, I don't know if he can challenge Jared, but if Jared slips it all and doesn't have the meat he's expecting, Kevin is, could have, yeah, I don't know that that one's interesting that those top three could get shuffled anyway, based on kind of how the day plays out. Another interesting thing. I don't know if you're reading Kevin's post, but he said that he like accidentally weighed in like super late and he was six pounds underneath the weight of the weight class. So I'm like, okay, if you actually are not dumb and you eat more food <laughs> going into the meat, that can really help you out. Just like being lighter and eating into it. 
Yeah, I think because Kevin Wynn, I think, found his weight class here with 125 kilos because I think previously he was 120 kilos and he lost. I mean, I don't think he even placed at Collegiate Nationals. I think that was his previous competition. Um, could be wrong there. Um, but I, yeah, I think he was behind, uh, we, yeah, he was behind Weez, Paul, and I think he might've been third actually. So obviously 125 is good for him. Um, even if he's six pounds under, um, it just seems like not being 120 kilos works. And yeah, I got to see him front and center of that meet. It was a really good meet, but he's one of those lifters from my understanding. It's easy until it isn't anymore. So that could be a little bit deceiving with RP. Okay. Well, that's good information. Even with that, so uh, one thing to note, Jared and Blake, uh, well, Jared notoriously doesn't post his lifts. Yeah. He never really posts much. Blake has been posting more. He used to not be a poster, but he's posting more. But nothing that I saw really notated that he I, – I couldn't be able to gauge progress off of it. He was actually uh, – interesting. He was supposed to do the Arnold. And then he pulled out of that to do PA Nationals. And then apparently there was some kind of flight issue. And then he couldn't make it. So I believe I believe he had to peak for PA Nationals and then didn't compete. So he went through the full prep for it and then didn't compete. But now, since he missed out on that, coming back to USAPL Nationals. We haven't seen him since Nationals of last year. So he could he hit a 1984 total. Jared hit 2061 at the Arnold. There could be some big progress from that. It's just hard to tell based off of what I'm seeing. Um, but uh, I, I'm likely thinking Jared is going to be pretty far out in front then with 2061. And I, I see Blake and Kevin right around that 2000 mark. And it's going to depend kind of who executes best on meet day. But the big the big caveat between Blake and Kevin is Kevin has a lot bigger pull. They have about identical squats, identical benches for the most part but Kevin has a good amount on the pole over where Blake is. Yes. Okay. So also, I mean, we're pretty much on the same page. Um, interesting fact, Jared Martin, you mentioned this, Steve, is uh, coached by Ed Cohen, which is just really freaking cool. Yeah. Yeah, Angela. He's coached by Ed Cohen. Yeah. So, oh, I so know. fun fact. I know. I, I've, I heard know. The, yeah. I've heard this to the great part. We can now talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we can Apparently, actually, yeah. he's kind of – He's kind of apparently hidden this for a while because of the IPF. But since he's no longer the under the IPF, he no longer needs to hide that he's coached by Ed Cohen. And he's finally now saying, for the most part, that he's coached by Ed Cohen. He would kind of allude to it, but he would kind of hide from the fact that he's coached by him until now. But yeah, uh, yeah Jared Martin is my eyes. My eyes went up just because I'm like, wait, is this confident? Should we not? It's should we not like release it? Like, oh, okay, never mind. It's 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 out. No, like, he's, I forgot. he's posting about it now. Okay. He's posting about it now. Okay, yeah. On Instagram. So. <laughs> I forgot about. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. I mean, uh, history. Yeah. History lesson there. IPF and Ed Cohen. Um, a lot of people like if you went to his seminars, you might be getting a suspension from the IPF. Um, oh yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. That anyway. was that was that was that was big and that was actually a huge thing in power. If two white lights existed then, we would have a field day with that. That'll be some great content for us, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it, it is badass though. Um, having Ed Cohen as your coach, that is pretty great. Uh, yeah, I a three horse race. Anything else to add, Solana? Not really much. I'm ready to get predictions. 
I'll give one more. Okay. Just a, a, a two white lights favorite. Uh, Carrington Amade is going to be making oh, his 125 kilo yeah, debut. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be quite in the running. He's not going to be. I don't know if he's going to quite be in the running for top three. But I am very excited to see what he does. Pull. He's got the pull. Yeah. Uh. Big. Yeah. Big. Uh. Big carry has got. I think a lot of progress within him. I think you're going to see a lot from him. Um. In the near future as well. Just. Keeps getting bigger, keeps getting stronger. Um, lists are really following that big deadlift that he has. Uh, yeah, because he's over 800, right? With the pull. Yeah, he, he pulled 805 when he used to be at 105. Yeah, he's yeah he's got a he's he's definitely got a pull on him. So I, I'm really excited to see his numbers blow up too. 105 to 125. That's gonna be that's gonna yeah. be fun for uh, for Carrington. All right. Now, unless you have anything else to add, Steve, can we give predictions? I'll have you start. Yep. Yep. I got Jared first, Kevin second, Blake third. I think that's that's pretty pretty solidly, not based off of any scenario, just based off of the fact that I've got about 30 to 40 pounds between each of their projected totals. Yeah. Is there gonna be is there gonna be any change between us on this one? I don't think so. I I will I was thinking Kevin Wynn after this meet, but I, I you just can't ignore Jared Martin's performance at the Arnold. It would be disrespectful if I put Ken Wynn ahead of Jared Martin based on a really easy meet from Kevin Wynn, which I'm again it was it was fantastic. But like Jared Martin went out and won the pro at the Arnold. At the Arnold. So yeah, that's, that's, like that's I got I like you gotta just give it to him at that point. Um Kevin Wynn though, def, definitely a lifter to watch for. Um, it's, it's going to be really, yeah. And he's, he's a charismatic individual too. Uh, plays to the audience quite a bit. He's extra. Some of when you get above the, uh, like 90 kilo weight class, sometimes the extravagance kind of dies down. The bigger guys are a little bit more, you know, they just don't, he's the dangling earrings. He, the points, you know, he does, uh, takes a stare at the camera during the last deadlift. He's uh he's a showman out there. So, you guys are in 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 Sin City. You're gonna get a nice little viewing experience. All right, 140 kilos now. Let's talk about him. So with this weight right. class, would you say a three horse race as well? Yep. It's a three horse race, but this could be the best battle for first place at all of Rao Nationals of any weight class because I have three people that I have separated by 10 pounds total. And it's not like it, it's not like they're uncompetitive. They're strong. They're very strong. We got Hagen Henderson, I believe a teen lifter or a very young lifter, just burst onto the scene with a meet he actually just did in Kansas. We got Dominic Melvin, Joey Flex athlete, who I think just recently switched over to USAPL, and then Michael Astrologo. Um all of them coming in with a basically 2,000 pound totals. Hagen Henderson, 2001, Dominic Melvin, 2017, Michael Astrologo, 2000. I mean, they're neck and neck and neck, and they are heavy hitters. We are going to have multiple eight. Hagen just squatted 810 in the gym. His last meet, he did 799. Dominic apparently didn't have a very good squat day, squatted 711. 
He squatted 750 multiple times since. And I think a big thing I've seen lately from him is that he's now training at a gym with kilo plates. I think that likely was something that was discussed that might have led to some inconsistencies come meet day on kind of how things felt different. And then Michael just competed. Oh, actually, fun fact. They all competed the same week in April. They all competed the same week to get their qualifying totals. And they all hit 2000 pound totals we, because I was kind of worried looking at this class that this wasn't going to be a very good class and not competitive. And then boom, same week, three, th- three, 2000 pound totals. Um, Michael, um, everything looked pretty easy. Squat had more for sure. Bench was easy. Deadlift li- looked easy, but maybe a little close to ramping. Um, I, I don't know that this one could be the biggest, uh, 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 it's going to be overlooked because people don't know this, but it, it's it's uh, it could be the biggest show of the meet. Yeah. yeah, I'm definitely excited for it. I have everyone within five pounds of each other. You said ten, I have five. <laughs> um, question for you, Steve. I was looking at everyone's Instagram today. Dominic Melvin, how do you feel about his squat depth recently? That's like a borderline. That I, if you're alluding to borderline. I can see that a little bit. Now he has a wider stance. And so sometimes it's a bit harder to judge. Um, I don't know if that played into the squat performance. Um, but yes, I have seen that a little bit. Hagen, no doubt on squat depth. Nope. There's no, there is no question mark there. That dude goes deep. No issues mobility for a big dude. Uh, and same with Michael. So I think the, uh, like I said, I think at least looking at the question marks, Hagen had a little bit, uh, a possible ramping issue. Um, I'm going to be honest, the 749 deadlift he hit at his meet, I don't think would pass at a national level. Dominic has a little bit of a question mark on squat depth. And then, like I said, Michael has a little bit of a question when it comes to ramping on deadlift, which is very common. Once you get to these heavier weights, there tends to be a little bit more issue with ramping, and that tends to be almost more of the limiting factor than the actual strength. Yeah, like, I agree with you from Michael. I saw definitely some ramping. I feel like Hagen's in competition deadlift was pretty clean but maybe a three watch it but i felt like it was okay <laughs> um but yeah like what these are small factors that make stuff different too like hagan's doing everything on pound plates i believe in the gym which is fine but it makes me wonder about the deadlift and like how that will really translate in competition um but at the same time he's literally hitting the same number on pounds that he hit in kilos like he hasn't surpassed it so i'm just wondering like if it'll really improve in time um but yeah dominic is looking like things are pretty clean which is nice to see yeah yeah and well it's it's it is like um kind of cool to see because it was just big performances that got these guys onto a scene like yeah like what steve said 140 kilo weight class i was just it's it's the it's one of the like the new weight classes. I mean, I know we say it's new, even though it's not new, but it's one of the, like the, the weight classes we're not used to. So I'm like, I don't know if there's going to be enough guys in the USAPL that can fill it. I know in the USPA, there will be enough guys there that fill it. And then boom, you get like, uh, I think Hagen Henderson, he's been a talk of like, if Hagen doesn't know this, like people are really taking an eye to Hagen. His, his lifts are really impressive and he's young. So, again, when you're young and you start putting up these big numbers, people start to look pretty closely. Now, he hasn't had, like, you know, he he doesn't have um, one of those accolades really to go off of. But 
the 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 elders and the uh, the the people in high rankings in powerlifting are looking at Hagen being like, this guy is going to be a massive problem. Um, not uh, 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 Michael Estrologo, I'm not too familiar with his training, and these are guys I'm kind of like, and same thing with Dominic, I'm kind of, because of the meet coming up, like I, and, you know, kind of just for more recent success, um, not as uh, particularly familiar with them. Well, I'll start giving you kind of my thought process here. So of those three, the lifter who had the worst meet was Dominic. Yet, he totaled the most. Mm -hmm. Hagen and Michael had a pretty darn near perfect meet with what it seemed like they were going for. Dominic underperformed. So he definitely has the most room to improve off of that if they've learned from that and can be able to, to do that. And with an experienced coach behind him, I think that's definitely doable. With that being said, Hagen's making some incredible progress. Um, from what I remember, I don't think Michael posts a whole bunch, so I couldn't see anything where Hagen posts a whole a, a ton. And so does Dominic. So I could definitely see where Hagen was, is making insane progress. And so it's almost like weekly he's in, being able to improve. But I'm leaning towards the fact that I feel like if I if I have to look at the ceiling right now, I feel like Dominic Melvin has the highest ceiling. Um, I, I just look at what he is doing in the gym versus what he did in the meet. I don't believe he actually has to cut for anything. I, I feel like he had so much more in the tank that could have been potentially there. And if he unleashes that, it could be massive. Now, the question mark is, is like, if that happens again, I'm going to look very wrong. Because Hagen and Michael, I have zero doubt, are going to be able to improve off of their performances. Because Michael left a lot in the tank, and then Hagen has improved uh, notably. I mean, Hagen hit a 452 bench. He PR'd his bench on a very crappy pad at 485. And honestly, as we're talking, um, I'm kind of debating going back back and forth. Because this, this, is, this is a huge toss-up here. Um, I really don't know. Yeah, one thing. So, Dominic, he went 8 for 9 at his meet that he did. And... He got called for the first squat and then he retook it and got it. So what worries me is like, yes, he definitely has a huge ceiling, but like, I still see the squat being borderline. So I'm like, did you, <laughs> like, this is nationals. I don't know. Are you going to get it? Yeah. Yeah, I agree Good with point. that. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about that now because I, I, again, I think his ceiling is the highest, but I'm, I have probably the least amount of questions about Hagen, I think. Same. Other than experience, but at the same time, I none of these guys have experience at this level competing for this type of accolade. This is true. It's cool. Dominic's been doing this only for two years. He's twenty-two. Crazy. Oh no, I meant say Hagen. That's Dominic. I yeah, I was Hagen. about to be like, wow, we have two twenty-two-year-olds in this middle Sorry. of this thing here. But uh, yeah, I, I, I feel. I don't know why I feel a little safer with Hagen, only because of the moment, momentum he's building right now. I think he's building something a little bit spicier right now. Um, I, I think I'm, I might be just attracted on the, you know the uh, what lo young lifters do, you know, because I know what happens when you this young lifters when they see a big uptick in total, they figured something out, and if you figure something out, I know when the progress really takes off. Um, and I think Hagen is at a point where, yeah, this could be, this could be huge for him. Um, yeah, uh, going, do we have anything else to add here for them 
or nope. are we ready for predictions? Prediction. Oh, I was actually going to add in actually with Solana's point as far as squat depth goes. Um, yeah, looking at his squats, he the 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 problem. I think if he buries that squat just a little bit more, I don't know if there's any rebound out of the hole, and I think that will dictate his second and third attempt. Um, I, I think you, if you get called on it, and if you get called on it, you have to adjust yourself. And if you adjust yourself too much and you get too low, then you don't have that strength. Um, that can really mess with some lifters. And I think with that wide stance squat, it's really hard. You have to find that sweet spot. You have to sp- find that groove. Um, I like the squat. I mean, I, I think if you find your depth there, it's it's perfect. It is, it is a perfect squat depth, and it's a perfect squat that you can really go to the bank with. Then I'll be a little more trusting to put him there. I mean, I might see one attempt and be like, oh, Melvin, or Dominic Melvin's going to win this thing. Um, but, uh, you know, if he gets called for it, then, you know, you'll, you will, uh, you'll, see, you'll see the issues uh, for the next two attempts. All right, you ready? Let's do it. Who's starting? Are we doing this anymore? Because I feel like I had this job of telling people when they should go, and I haven't done it since. Um, Steve, you go. All right. I honestly could pick any one of these people, and I'm going back and forth. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna versus changing because I was thinking about changing. I'm gonna stick with my original guns. I think Dominic has the highest ceiling, so I'm going Dominic first. I am switching. I'm going Hagen second, and then Michael in third. All right. I will go Hagen first, Dominic second, Michael third. Okay, I'm going Hagen first, Michael second, Dominic third. Yeah, and be on the lookout, people. Watching this, this is not a weight class to skip over. Actually, I'm going to be commentating them. I'm pretty excited about that because uh, we do we will get to see like a – absolute jockeying in position between people who are incredibly close. And that is, that is the best part of viewing a powerlifting meet competing in a powerlifting meet. But if you're not hyped about the 140 kilo weight class, you should be. Um, and what everyone else should be hyped about is stoic gear. Ladies and gentlemen, go to lift.net and get yourself stoic gear. The best bang for your buck Gym, uh, gym gear, singlets, wrist wrap, knee sleeves, all are affordable, all high quality. I wear it in the gym and on the platform because it is the best. And also, I look at in black and white. Use promo code ANGELO10 to uh, make it even more affordable. Make sure you're using that promo code when you go to lift.net and get yourself some stoic gear. And let's talk about our last weight class here, the big heavy hitters. In the super heavy division, another three horse race, and I mean, I guess we should have done this Leflar Bros ad at this time. Josh Longoria, Leflar Bros athlete, coming in uh, at, at the favorite mark, and I love what I see from Josh. It's not your prototypical super heavyweight either. No, I mean it's it's we're missing something we haven't had in a while, which is a Jesus or Ray, in the sense of like. They're super heavyweights. I mean, they're just massive human beings. And that, that, and 
I absolutely love the fact that we have these new weight classes because these 125s and especially the 140s were all the people that were basically in the shadows of Ray and Jesus for the past six, seven, eight years. And they were they couldn't win because the classes just didn't fit their needs. But um, Josh definitely really had a big uptick over the last year. He competed in February, had a big PR total at 1979. Um, with that being said... He, he's definitely the favorite. When I first saw the roster, I kind of thought this is just his to lose, but Lorenzo Bars is in the picture. Mm -hmm. Lorenzo didn't have the best Arnold, in particular on deadlifts. I shouldn't even say the best Arnold. He had a good squat session. He had a good deadlift day, or a good bench day. His deadlift, he had some issues on. And I'm not quite sure the full issues because I, I, I didn't wasn't able to find videos of actually those lifts that he missed, but I know he's hit more. He's hit a 700-pound deadlift in competition. He's also missed it, though, twice. And I, I'm going to guess, based off of being a super heavyweight and seeing some of his lists, there's probably some ramping stuff. It's probably not an issue of can he get it up and, and lock it out. It's can he do it without ramping and hitching as he is he going to get called on it. And if he can be able to deadlift 700-plus, they could be within 10 pounds of each other. Yeah, completely agree. And also to your point with uh, Josh Longoria and some of these other super heavyweights, like if you meet Josh Longoria, it's like, what other weight class would you go? He's a big dude. I mean, he's an opposing figure. But, yeah, then if you see Ray Williams and Jesus, you'd be like, well, you're at a disadvantage right now. So, yeah, like this is <laughs> these weight classes are really good for these big dudes. And you get to see a guy like Josh Longoria do his thing. He's a strong dude. We saw him at Texas Barbell Syndicate. Had a fantastic meet in Philadelphia. He's um he's on one coming in a favor, but yeah, Lorenzo Barnes, he's a veteran in this. Um Josh Longori doesn't have it wrapped up. We have some of the favorites coming in having it wrapped up. Josh does not have it wrapped up. Um he's gonna have to battle, he's gonna have to fight, he's gonna have to hit his lifts. I'm confident he can do that though. I would agree. Um Josh is definitely like the favorite coming in, but he definitely has to hit his lips in order to stay there. Lorenzo, so me and Steve both struggled, but I think we figured out what he was lifting because he wouldn't quote the number. So it was hard to tell. Um, but I have that he did a 675 squat recently, hit a 495 bench that looked pretty hard. Um, and deadlifting wise, it looks like deadlifts are going okay. So. I have him that he just like matches a lot of his last competitions lifts, um, just going based on what I'm seeing. But he's also not posting a ton, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then our third person here uh, is Connor Wilmus. I think he's pretty solidly in third. I don't necessarily think he's got the the upside to be able to compete with Josh and Lorenzo. But then below him, there's not really one that's really going to kind of I think push him much. Uh, he really hasn't posted much. He had an 1896 total back in April. So I'm going to, I'm going to guess he's going to be around that. So between Josh and Lorenzo, uh, if they can hit all of their lifts and top end strength, they're pretty darn close. It's just that I think I have a little bit more confidence based off of execution that Josh is going to be able to hit his list. Um, I don't really have any doubt on his squats. They're deep. His bench press is solid. And then on his deadlift, he doesn't really have any technical issues coming up nor the near those near maximal lifts. Like I think Lorenzo has. So, because of that, I've got Josh in first. So, I mean, I, unless you all have much, a lot more to discuss, I mean, for me, it's pretty simple. I've got Josh in first. I've got Lorenzo in a close second, and I think Lorenzo can challenge him if he can be able to pull 700, and then Connor solidly in third place. Well, yeah. And that's exactly what I have. 
Yeah, I. I would. Yeah, Loren, I mean, Lorenzo would offer a, a big, big challenge to Josh. And like I said, you know, he doesn't have his work cut out for him. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pick against a teammate. I'm. I, oh, do it. No, I picked Russ, didn't I? For, no. for a split second. T- a teammate? Oh, okay. <laughs> but still. Uh, no, this is sponsorship teammates. That runs deeper than coaching teammates. This is like the sponsorship it. teammate is is the big one, especially when it's like... Well, no, I, I was talking coaching-athlete relationship. I was saying for a split second, I picked Russ. Yeah, that's not that's not as important as sponsorship. Spon- oh, okay, got sponsorship it. teammates is the thing. That's like all of it, you know? I mean, the Stoic Got guys, it. the Leffler Bros guys, and girls, the the hundred ten percent. You know, we 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 stick together. Um, I am, uh, yeah. So I guess, uh, we, uh, yeah, I'm gonna just gonna go Josh Longoria, uh, Lorenzo, um, and then Connor at the end there. Um, I I'm I, you're gonna have to hit the reset button with the super heavies, and I like the super heavies that the USAPL still has. You know, like that is such a weight class that's can offer such a big, wide, like, shifting um, people at the top, people within the podium positions, because people just aren't that big, you know? Like, you have the top dog in Jesus in Powerlifting America. Uh, Ray Williams is kind of hurt right now. So, USAPL, I think these these uh, gentlemen, I think, are repre- going to represent it pretty well and kind of build a new era of super heavyweight lifters. Um uh, so excited to see it. We'll be on commentary. Um, and are we, are we at the finish line here? Are we done with the previews? Yes. For, for, Mega for Nationals. now. Yeah. For mega nationals, which for mega nationals for IPF, so it should be more than IPF. Well, IPF should be a little bit shorter because there's, not uh, as, I don't know. Really? How many weight classes? There's just, any... there's a new weight classes. Or the, the there's more weight classes now. Yeah, we do have we do have more weight classes, but IPF. I don't know if the I mean they're two hour episodes each for men and women, no problem. Oh, good point. We longer. have to combine. Okay, we have to combine men and women. All right, yeah, you're right. Well, well, these are. I mean, I mean, this is a little inside baseball for you guys. For comment, we're we're previewing this all at once. We're not taking the episode breaks. This is a three and a half hour podcast. This one we just did on the men. Or technically. we started at 5 and it's 9.15. Well, we were bullshitting a lot and I was trying to figure out audio issues, which I probably still didn't figure out yet. Hopefully listen, hopefully it sounds great to you guys listening at home. Um, but to my other two uh, co-hosts right now, apparently it doesn't sound the best in their headphones. So got to give them a lot of credit. Uh, that's, that's some grit right there. Listening through the yeah, entire time. Yeah, we had time. echoes. Whatever we talk. About three seconds later, two seconds later, we hear ourselves in full volume going in our headphones. So I, I've learned to have to tune that out. I mean, at the yeah, same time, I've been practicing this for over a year, listening to Angelo and tuning things out. So <laughs> I've gotten pretty darn good at it. Yeah. Yeah, my podcast is me by myself, so I'm not used to that. But it's okay. We push through, you persevere. We are doing everything to give you all the best content. Yes. Thank you very much, Solana, for joining us. I'm looking forward to the more preview shows that we have and the more content we have for USAPL Mega Nats. I don't think it's going to be our last episode regarding that. Maybe the other episodes we do are going to be shorter, a little bit more digestible on our end, not four hours of, uh, of content. But 
Also, hopefully, this is our first YouTube. I don't even. I didn't want to announce that it's our YouTube on the thing uh, because that would sound stupid if I don't know how to render the videos. So, welcome to YouTube, everyone. Maybe, but that'll do it for our previews of Mega Nationals. We'll see you guys on potentially Friday, maybe Monday. We got to get those episodes figured out. Peace.